0: this morning I want to speak to you on the subject overcoming life's challenges we're now in a new year the decorated Christmas trees have all been put away family festivities and gatherings are over we're back at work we're back at school we may have packed on a few pounds But the question is, how do we prepare for the challenges that will come our way in 2024? If you're a true believer in this room today, you need to remember some non-negotiables that Jesus laid down for us as his followers. He said in Luke 9, 23, if any man wishes to come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Regardless of your age or the circumstances of your life, the Lord Jesus expects that out of you every single day of 2024. Our Lord expects us to be overcomers. No explanations needed. No excuses accepted. This morning, I want to zero in on two challenges that I know for certain that all of you will face in 2024. You may be thinking, well, Pastor, you, you don't know me. You, 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 you don't know what's coming around the corner in my life. Are you some kind of prophet? Well, I'm tell you, I'm not a prophet and I'm not the son of a prophet. But I can tell you that you will face these two challenges in 2024. Now that I've got your attention peaked, I want to share with you what those two challenges are. The first one is this, temptation. Do you think you might be tempted in 2024? Do this, absolutely you will. The temptation to sin against the Lord is real, and it could be the temptation associated with an addiction or or materialism or lust or immorality or or, or greed or, or, or a critical spirit. We have three enemies that are always plotting against us, always the world, the flesh, and the devil. Peter warned us about this in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, when he wrote, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I want to make something very clear. It's not a sin to be tempted. It is a sin to give in to the temptation. I've got some good news for you this morning on this first Sunday in the new year, you can overcome temptation. You can be an overcomer in this area of your life. So how do we do it? I want you to take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to look at two verses as we talk about temptation today. And then later on in the service we'll move toward tribulation and look at a passage in the book of James. So here's the first thing you got to do if you're going to overcome temptation. Number 1, keep your guard up. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12, Paul wrote, "Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall." Satan's greatest temptation is to lull us to sleep. His greatest temptation is to convince us that we have everything we need to face any temptation that comes our way, that we really don't need the Lord. We can handle this. I'll tell you, that is a lie from the devil. It's not possible. In the book of Proverbs 16, verse 18, Solomon wrote, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. You can't afford, now listen, you cannot afford to get sloppy in your spiritual life in 2024. What I mean, I mean you need to read your Bible. You need to read your Bible this year. And you need to develop a consistent prayer time. I believe that reading your Bible and praying on a consistent basis, is your declaration of dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And it'll keep you in a position of humility and reverence before the Lord. Listen, here's the second thing you've got to do if you want to overcome temptation. Expect to be tempted. No temptation, verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man. Now, the word temptation means to test or to prove. Our response when we're tempted is crucial. When does a temptation become evil? Well, James tells us it becomes evil. In verses 14 and 15 of chapter 1 of James, each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust, then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Erwin Lutzer said this, each temptation leaves us better or worse. Neutrality is impossible. Notice Paul said, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as common to man. One thing that you cannot do, you can't fall into the trap of feeling sorry for yourself. In the midst of temptation, it's very easy for us to think, "Well, well, I'm facing something nobody has ever faced before in all of human history. That's not true. I'm telling you, there are people all over the world who are tempted just like you are tempted with the same temptations you are facing. It's common to man. And I say this on the authority of God's word. You can be an overcomer. You can overcome temptation. First, you've got to keep your guard up. Second, you've got to expect to be tempted. Third, you've got to depend on the Lord. Look at verse 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 again. I love this. And God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. What a glorious truth that is. God the Father is faithful to to those who believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to this. Here's what he's saying here. God the Father sets limits on the temptation that he allows into your life. See, nobody knows you like God the Father knows you. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows how you're you're made up. He knows what your personality is. He knows everything about you. And God the Father, just like he did with Job in the Old Testament, God said to Job, you can only do this. And he set limits on the temptation that that the devil could bring into Job's life. He'll do the same for you too. That's how much he loves you. In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad that when you're in the throes of a temptation and the enemy is coming at you from every side and there's a part of you that wants to give in, aren't you glad that the Bible says that God, the heavenly father knows how to rescue the godly from temptation? Our God is all sufficient and all powerful. He has at his disposal endless resources, but the devil comes along with his tantalizing temptation and he whispers in our ears stuff like this, you didn't overcome in the past and you're not going to overcome today. This is a sin that you can't overcome, the devil says. This is something that is more powerful than you, and it's more powerful than your God. Don't believe Satan's lie. The truth is that as a born-again believer, you have died with Christ, and you've been resurrected to walk in newness of life. The Bible says that you as a believer, you can rest on this truth. Sin no longer has dominion over you. The Holy Spirit indwells you and the holy spirit can release resurrection grade power into your life at the snap of a finger to help you have victory over temptation but there's a fourth thing we need to do if we want to overcome temptation in our lives we've got to walk away from temptation got to walk away from it look at 1 corinthians 10:13 again no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation, look at this now, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Oh, what a wonderful truth that is. The word escape here, is a compound word in the Greek, and it literally means to step out. It's just what Joseph did in the Old Testament when Potiphar's wife tempted him. What did he do? He just stepped out of his clothes and he stepped out of the room, right? He avoided the temptation. He didn't play around with the temptation. He didn't walk on the edge of temptation. He got away from the temptation as fast as he could. That's exactly how you and I can overcome temptation in 2024. The word endure here in verse 13 means to bear up under. God is faithful and his desire is to convince you this morning that you can overcome temptation. You can be an overcomer. But to do it, you must keep your guard up. You must expect to be tempted. You must depend on the Lord, and you must walk away from temptation. I promise you this. Every person within the sound of my voice, at some point during this year, and multiple times during the year, you will be tempted. The world of flesh and devil will close in around you and tempt you. To do something that the Lord does not want you to do or to avoid doing something that the Lord wants you to do. How are you going to handle it? We have a recipe right here. Our instructions are clear. You can overcome temptation in 2024 and walk in victory. But there's another challenge to your faith that you will face in in this year. And it's number two is tribulation. I promise you at some point during this year, you as a born again believer will face some form of tribulation in your life. It's going to happen. Now, some of you are experiencing the crippling effects of tribulation right now. There is marriage pressure in your life. There is parental pressure in your life. There is financial pressure in your life. There is career pressure in your life. How will you deal with it? Are you going to let tribulation destroy your faith? Are you going to let tribulation rob you of the joy of the Lord? Will you let it crush you or will you let it make you a better person, a a more... Uh, strong follower of Christ. I'm telling you, you can be an overcomer when it comes to tribulation as well as temptation. How do we do it? Well, look at James chapter 1 verse 2. James chapter 1 verse 2. James wrote, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Notice he didn't say if, if you encounter various trials, but he said when you encounter various trials. Now that word consider means to to have a predetermined disposition, a predetermined conviction about how you're going to deal with tribulation when it comes in your life. And the word joy, consider it all joy, is the fruit of a right relationship with God. It speaks of an inner fulfillment and happiness that does not depend upon one's circumstances. Notice he mentions various trials. Trials can come in many different shapes and sizes and forms. They can come with varying degrees of intensity in our lives. But we're God's children. Why would God allow his children to undergo tribulation in 2024? Well, look at verses 3 and 4 of chapter 1 of James. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. There are two reasons, right here in verses three and four, that God the Father allows tribulation into our lives. First, it is to create spiritual tenacity into our lives. The word endurance, as I said a moment ago, refers to the ability to bear up under. And here's what it's saying. We are to consistently live for Jesus and honor Jesus no matter what we're going through. That's tenacity. You say, but pastor, it's a lot easier to live for Jesus and honor Jesus when things are going well in my life. Absolutely. But you need to understand that when you're going through the most difficult time in your life when the tribulations seem to come one after the other and they're powerful and intense in your life. I want you to know that the Lord Jesus expects you to honor him and to keep your faith in those moments. That spiritual tenacity. That's the first reason God the Father allows these kinds of tribulations in our life. The second reason is spiritual maturity. The words perfect and complete here carry within the idea of being developed in every part. You see, if you really want to grow spiritually, if you really want to be a man of God or a woman of God, I'm telling you on the authority of God's word, God has to put you in the crucible of a test, a trial, a tribulation in order for you to develop the spiritual tenacity and the spiritual maturity that you desperately need. So how do we overcome tribulation? Well, first, we develop the right perspective. Secondly, We pray for God's wisdom. We pray for God's wisdom. Sudden and unexpected trials or tribulation in our life can mess our minds up. It it really can. can. They can leave the residue of unanswered questions and unresolved tension in our life. Why did God allow this to happen in my life? I can't tell you how many times I've heard believers express those kind of questions and and express that kind of tension in our life. Why did God allow this to happen to me? I go to church. I, I love the Lord. I read my Bible. I pray. Why did God allow this kind of tribulation into my life? You got to understand that sometimes we don't understand what God's doing our lives, but he does say here in James chapter one, verse five, look at it. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God will provide listen, God will provide his wisdom for your trial. Now, does God, is God honor bound to answer all of your questions? No, His ways are infinitely higher than our ways, and his thoughts are infinitely higher than our thoughts, and God does not have to answer to us for anything. He's sovereign. He is holy. He never makes a mistake. We live in a fallen world, and bad things happen to good people. It's going to be, it's been true ever since Adam and Eve and it'll be true until Jesus creates the new heaven and the new earth and everything is absolutely perfect. So James presents here the unquestioned sincerity of God. Ask, you're going through something, a tribulation, you don't understand it, ask God to give you wisdom. And he'll show you how to navigate those choppy waters. And how to come out the other side with your faith intact. Number three, exercise your faith obediently. In James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, James says, but he must ask in faith. You're going to pray. you got to ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The time will come when a trial or tribulation will burst into your life like a full-blown storm. It will happen. you got to develop the right perspective before it happens. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. you got to pray for wisdom. you got to ask God to help you to understand, to help you to know how to navigate what you're going through at that moment. And then you must exercise faith. You must believe God. You must trust God. I love what the psalmist said, cast your burden upon the Lord. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. You can go to seed with that promise, I promise you. Listen, a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. Do you understand that? You need your faith to be tested because when your, your faith is tested by a tribulation or trial in your life, it only strengthens your faith. If I were to tie this right arm off and, and not use it for six, eight weeks, but when I untied that arm, it would be useless. It will have atrophied, right? And the same thing is true with our faith. Our faith is like a muscle. And in order for that muscle to develop, We must exercise that muscle of faith and learn to trust God when we don't have the answers. Trust God when we're wondering why in the world this is happening in my life. Trust God. Have a tenacious faith that will not cave in in the most difficult moments of our lives. So here's the next thing we've got to do. You gotta focus on the reward. You gotta focus on the reward. Is it worth it to hang on to your faith through pain that 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 surrender that that is around an unfulfilling marriage? Or grief over a tragic death of a loved one? Or disappointment of a failed business venture? Or the suffering that comes with disease? Is it worth it? Is it worth it to keep your faith intact? To hold tenaciously to your belief in God in those moments? Well, James says it is. Look at verse 12 of James chapter 1. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved... He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. This word blessed describes a person who has found life's deepest fulfillment and deepest source of happiness in God alone. This special reward, the crown of life, is given to those, notice what it says, who persevere under trial. You see, God's watching us. He loves us. He knows what we're going through. He's put limits on how the enemy can tempt us. And I'll tell you, my friend, when he sees you and I persevere under trial and hold tenaciously to our faith without giving up or without shaking our fist in the face of God, he promises us something. The crown of life. Several years ago, Joel Osteen wrote a book entitled, Your Best Life Now. I got a I was sent a free copy of that book. You know what I did with it? I threw it in a garbage can. You know why? because you and I as believers will never have our best life right now. Let me tell you, friend, the best is yet to come. We we sang about heaven, heaven's hymn a few moments ago. I'll tell you, one day we're gonna see the Lord Jesus. One day we're gonna stand before him and he's gonna give us the crown of life, not because we earned it or deserve it, but because we persevered under trial. We kept our faith when the going got tough. Listen, you can overcome temptation. You can overcome tribulation. But to overcome tribulation, you've got to develop the right perspective, pray for God's wisdom, exercise your faith obediently, and focus on the reward. You I'll never forget when Darlene was in the hospital for, for nine weeks. I'm telling you folks, that's one of the biggest trials and tribulations I've ever gone through in my life. And I've gone through a lot. I've never been through one like that. There were two different times that I remember. When I, I left the hospital and I think Heather was out there, and I told her, I said, Heather, I don't, I don't think your mom's going to make it. I don't think she's going to make it. I told Zach, I don't think your mom's going to make it. That was a gut-wrenching time in my life. And, and some people say, well, you, you wrote that, that blog, that, that uh, Caring Bridge blog, and, and, and you put it on Facebook. You know why I did that? It was therapeutic to me B- because I was rehearsing the blessings and truths of God in the most difficult moments of my life. It may not have blessed a single one of you, but I can tell you it blessed me and it helped me to hold tenaciously to the faith that God has given me that he'll do the same for you. Whether it's temptation or whether it's tribulation in this new year, you can be an overcomer. And right here in these two passages of Scripture that we've gone over today, it's like the Lord just lays out the game plan. This is the game plan. If you want to overcome temptation, follow the instructions. If you want to overcome tribulation, follow the instructions. So I ask you this morning what temptation are you dealing with today? What tribulation are you facing today? I want to encourage you. In just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to worship. And you know, the the Bible says we shouldn't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, right? And I'm asking you to take these temptations and these trials that you're dealing with at this moment. And I'm asking you to come to this altar and bow your knee before the King of glory. And just tell him this, Lord, I'm depending on you. I I can't do this. And you can't. You cannot do it. But I can tell you the Lord Jesus, with his resurrection-grade power, can help you to be an overcomer of any temptation you face this year or any tribulation that you're going through or will go through in this new year. But some of you are going through it right now. Come to the altar and ask the Lord to give you victory, to help you be an overcomer. Some of you right now, you're not really going through a temptation or a tribulation, but you do remember that the Bible talks about us having a preset attitude and conviction before the tribulation or temptation ever comes our way. I'm asking you, you come to this altar, bow before the Lord And thank Him, thank Him that He's shown you very clearly in the Word of of God what you must do. And ask Him, Lord, help me to consider it all joy when I encounter various tribulations during this year. Lord, help me to walk in victory. Help me to be an overcomer. And then there are those of you in this room today, and you're not a believer... You've never repented of your sin and placed your faith in Jesus. And the gospel is such a wonderful truth. The gospel says this. The gospel says we're sinners. Every single one of us. And we need a Savior. And 2,000 years ago, God the Father sent his only begotten son to this planet and encased him in human flesh And Jesus lived the perfect life. He kept the law of God completely and perfectly. And he was able at the end of his life to offer himself as the one and only sacrifice for all of our sins. So that we could be forgiven. And so we could have the gift of eternal life. Now I'm going to ask you a question. If I told you that God can forgive all of your sins... And God can make a promise to you that when you die or he comes again, that you'll go to heaven. How in the world could you just walk away from that? I beg you, please don't do that. Because the Bible says this. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, And if we're not careful, if we walk away from the truth of God time after time after time, our heart will get hard. And it'll be more difficult and more difficult for us to hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Come to Jesus this morning. I'm going to ask our staff and our worship team to Come. And I want to invite you, listen, if you're ready today to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, come to one of our staff members. Let this be the day. Let this be the day that you believe in Jesus and trust Him as your Savior and Lord. Let this be the day, come to one of the staff, let this be the day that you decide as a born-again believer that, that you're going to make sure that you follow the Lord in believers' baptism. You've never been baptized scripturally. Come to one of our staff members and let's settle this today. Let's make a date to settle this today. Or maybe you need a church home. Come to one of our staff members. We'll help you with these decisions. Or maybe you need prayer. You can come to one of the staff members and ask them to pray over you about a temptation or tribulation that you're facing. We're here to minister to you. Aren't you glad that the Bible says, not Chuck, but the Bible says that you can be an overcomer. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would take this word and you would use it in the lives of men, women, boys and girls. I pray, Lord, that your word would have penetrating power and that lives will change here today because of what you do in our hearts and our lives. Lord, help us to obey you. Help us to respond to your truth. Help us not to ignore it. In Jesus' name.